Father, not challenged to and not become defensive, but rather, oh Heavenly Father, to be open and allow you to challenge us, oh Heavenly Father. I just pray that truly may you be glorified as we continue to do this, oh Heavenly Father. I pray thanking you in the name of Jesus Christ that you've granted us somewhere to do this consistently, for that was our initial issue, but by your grace, oh Heavenly Father, we've been able to overcome that. I pray you bless every single one of us. I pray thanking you for the finances that supply the food. I pray, your oh Heavenly Father, that may you bless and just, yeah, just, just bless the pockets, oh Heavenly Father, which provided. And I pray, your oh Heavenly Father, that you just bless both of these guys just for their continual time and commitment and service, oh Father Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will be glorified in all that we do. May it magnify you and not us. May everyone, oh Heavenly Father, truly look to you through these podcasts. Amen. 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 Nah, nah, nah. Keep it rolling. We always start with laughter. We always start with laughter. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Take three. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Blacksmith Furnace with me, Robert. Me, Mo. Yeah, me, Peter. All right. Let's have start this one. Let's start this one with a story. Lizzie. Okay. So today, I went to the barbers and I got a trim. Swear down. Like, this trim's not even 12 hours old yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, coming home, I had the revelation. Oh, yeah? It was... I, it just someone just clicked. Yeah, I was thinking about Samson in the Bible. Yeah, and how you know how Samson lost his his powers. Yeah, when he cut his hair. Yeah, it wasn't the the fact that he cut his hair that made him lose his strength. It was the fact that he didn't get a shape up. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know how much strength and confidence you get when you get that shape up? Just like you, you, you can't just go and cut your hair. It just doesn't work. You might as well not cut your hair in the first place. Without that shape up. That's where the power comes from. I didn't see that coming. Like, I've actually been thinking about that all afternoon. And it makes actually makes perfect sense. Because Delilah did, didn't it? She ain't got time to shape up. Trust me. Did they have yeah. a shape up back in the back of the day? Nah. Because they weren't allowed to, like, cut the borders of their hair and them things there. So yeah, they wouldn't they yeah. cut their hair at all. But then I imagine the... What was Delilah? She was Philistine. She was Philistine, isn't it? Them guys had lots. Well, I don't know if Philistines, at least Egyptians had lots of like makeup and stuff like mm. that going on. So I, I imagine they might have had some sort of shape up thing if they didn't just shave. Well, look at Cain or something popping yeah. up here and there, obviously. Platts and that. Pharaoh used to be a bad man. Obviously, because <laughs> mm. he thought he was the son of the sun god. Mm. Mm. Descended from the sun god, so I'm just sitting there, obviously. Cheers. Okay. Well, this is the first podcast of the new year. Actually, wait. Yeah. No, but it's like we're gonna be dropping it. Ah, cool. Same is. Yeah, it's a new first one of the, of the new year. Isn't yeah, two thousand sixteen. Um, yeah, I just got back from Ghana like two days ago. Yeah, bit jet lagged, but it's good to be back. It's good to be mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. I was gonna bust a joke in that, but nah, it's calm. Don't bust a joke in it. Um, obviously got delayed in the immigration problems, but <laughs> but you know what it is yeah. If you're struggling with immigration problems, yeah, God be with you in it. <laughs> I don't know if we should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, because, because. 
so sometimes I, and I know I know um I know this isn't the topic, but sometimes like it's a prayer point. Like if you haven't got papers, we pray for you to get papers and stuff like that. And I'm like why should we be praying for people to be illegally in a country? Like shouldn't we I don't know, sh- should that be something that we encourage? Um, and, and therefore pray for. I know what your thoughts are. Like, I don't want to be insensitive if anyone hasn't got papers here. I'm paying if the listeners haven't got papers, but I struggle with it sometimes. I guess there's, like, I think, like, the, the, the general question is, should you pray for things that shouldn't be prayed for? Yeah, yeah, that's the question. Not, not necessarily, because it's like... This, you, you can argue, should this person's visa be a prayer topic? Because my thing is, if you prayed about it before it ran out, cool, we've got something to work with. Mm. But if you waited until you're now in this country illegally... Oh. So that's the thing, though. I don't... Most of the time when I hear it being raised, it's not necessarily a thing of we're praying for, like, a visa extension. It's not like we're praying for a visa. It's like we're praying for someone who is here illegally, intentionally here illegally, to not get caught. <laughs> <laughs> or... or to have their whatever they're doing go through so that they then have mm. stay and I'm like I always struggle with that I don't know I, I, I don't know if because the, the question like you said is should we be praying for stuff that's illegally acquired mm. or should we be praying for stuff like illegal stuff you know someone's in Ghana or something praying that they get opportunities to come here and they're going to the visa guy or whatever, I don't know who does these mm. things like this. You know, or they're arranging marriages that they know are not true, you know, for them to come here. And I, I, I like, I struggle with it. Mm. And, and I don't know if I'm just being insensitive because that's not my sin mm. or, or what. So I don't know what you guys I I Obviously, I'm just, I was saying, like, just stick to the law in it. But in saying that, I don't stick to the speed limit all the time. Yeah. So mm. I can't kind of come down heavy on this when I'm still trying to partially get away with something else. But I, I, I would say if, if you're here, that means you got here somehow. And if you manage to get here somehow, if your time here is done, just, just go back. Mm. If it is in the will of God, when you go back, you can apply, he'll kind of see you through mm. and then you come back here. In accordance with the law, mm-hmm. I, I just kind of think it should be done in accordance to the law, mm-hmm. in accordance to the law of the land that you want to live in. Yeah, you can't live here illegal. You can't be here illegally. Play. Yeah, I kind of. You just need to respect the land you want to come into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and abide by the rules. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think it goes against God being a just good. Yeah. Hmm. To like help you, I don't know. Well, he, don't he, know. yeah, he is a just God, but he also is a gracious God. I think we have a guest mm-hmm. who wants to come and say something. But you might have to come a bit. You might have to come a bit closer to the mic. I, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I can get some theme music in or something like that. Introduce it. Julia I think that in terms of immigration. There are always extenuating circumstances that people don't know about. Mm. So, often, your intention is to do things the right way. 
let's just say the home office isn't everybody's friend. <laughs> Some people, their parents sent for them to come over and then their parents duck out and then they don't have anybody to like give them that reason to be here. Mm. Even though they may have lived here since they were four till like 21. But if you don't have a guardian here, then it's like, well, you don't belong. You need to go back to your country, which is not your country anymore. So I think when it comes to prayer, you can pray. It's, it's how you phrase your prayer. Mm. You shouldn't be saying, God, help me get away with criminal <laughs> stuff. <laughs> mm. But if you're praying, because you're going through the right channels, but it's moving slowly, or there's delays and you're praying for a speed up of the process. Some people have just have their passports held mm. for time with no like correspondence. You're just mm. in limbo. You can't work. You can't, you don't have access to public funds. And I don't know how people are supposed to live when you're here. You, you're not supposed to work, but you can't get benefits. What do they mm. want you to do? Mm. Just go to church and pray. So, um. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, it reminds me of um, Job because I'm studying Job right now, and um, how all the things that his friends were saying. If you look at what they were saying, none of them were actually saying anything wrong. It's mm. just that they were wrong in application to Job's circumstances, mm-hmm. and so those those things you, you have to take into consideration. Yeah. But I think for you personally, if you feel uncomfortable. With the prayer point, mm. you just need to say to God, Look, God, if they're doing bad stuff and they need to get kept, they need to get kept. <laughs> <laughs> don't let other people say your prayers, that be <laughs> integral, just don't pray. Mm. Okay, so what about praying about situations where you know someone's in the wrong? Like, say you know someone cheated on a test and they're asking you for prayers about, about being allowed to pass that test. <laughs> Should you pray for them then? Do you know I'll do, I'll generally pray I'll pray God let your will be done. It will be done. <laughs> That's the easier way. That's the easiest way. way. Like, God let your That's will the be done. Way. Have you guys ever prayed a prayer knowing that you've done something wrong? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting you mentioned the speed limit because I remember one time where I got flashed by a camera <laughs> and I repented of so many different <laughs> sins in the car. <laughs> like God, if you let if you'd let me not get this speed ticket and these points in my license. I, I will not do this again. I won't do this. I'll stick to the speed limit. I think for the next week, I stuck to the speed limit. And then you get used to grace and it's just like... Yeah, it's like Weird thing about the speed tickets, I remember my friend, um, she was going to this church and she had made a commitment that she was going to pay tithes. And then she stopped paying tithes, right? And every month she was getting parking tickets up to the cost of her tithes. Oh, peak. <laughs> God, God will take what is his. To the point where she was like, no, this is it's actually not taking So like, by month four, she was like, okay, God, like, I get in and I'm just going just gonna to pay my tithes. And then she stopped getting tickets. <laughs> when you make a vow, eh? let your yay be yay. Wow. I remember seeing this one picture. I think who was it? I think it was like maybe Tyrese was the one who posted it up. It was like a bunch of, I think they were like strippers or pole dancers, oh, yeah, 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 and they were like yeah. holding hands and praying. Yeah, yeah. The question was, if you're going about stripping, should you be praying to God about being really? successful and getting money in what you're doing? They might be praying for protection that nobody don't try to take advantage of them during their shift. But then, should, what should they be doing that shift in the first place? The thing is, lots of people pray. 
Like mm-hmm. people pray before they go to shoot people. Yeah. Like yeah. gangsters think there's a heaven for them. Like, come on, like. <laughs> and this this is the thing. Even like, don't quote me on this, but um, like cartels, they is very steeped in religion. Yes, especially like the Italian. Or yeah, and them, them Mexican and them. Yeah, yeah. Cartels are very steeped yeah. in religion, so like they might get you to have like special rosary beads or yeah, yeah. like there's a statue of Mary that's yeah. and it's, it's well, just even they'll do certain things which. This is not to say that it then justifies what they do, but like they won't shoot in a church or mm. like they respect things mm-hmm. like that. Um, they won't kill awesome. a nun or a priest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have standards. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they've got some standards, but yeah. I think uh, yeah, I think the 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 thing is that you can people came to Christ for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, I think yeah. the important thing is that you come to Christ, um, <laughs> and whether reasons right or not, I think He will. He will deal with you as, as you need to be dealt with. I think as well what Jamelia said initially is very crucial in terms of different situations because a woman could be stripping because like oh, like she, she has there's no, there's other, no option. other option. Yeah. And that's all she has. So even the prayer won't necessarily be God protects me, but God I don't really want to do this. Mm. So again it's it's looking at every uh, every situation and just kind of working with that situation now no two situations are exactly ide- sure. uh, identical sure. so just being able to do that and it's difficult because that takes a lot of time and effort what takes a lot of time just looking at every individual situation mm-hmm. but it's not our place to do that yeah it's not yeah. but on, in terms yeah. of our perspective if that's what she's doing is right or not yeah. we can't just boom no Mm. I think a positive to stem from it is that they believe that there is a God in the first place. Mm-hmm. So even though that they're doing wrong things in some capacity, mm-hmm. they believe that God has authority over whether something happens in their life. So they're, they're trying to get brownie points, like, God, like, I know we're not really friends and stuff, but like, today mm. like, this is going on. So I think you can God can use any one in any situation Absolutely. you look at the people that he's used in the bible like they were not pure and holy because that oh. doesn't exist so i think if somebody is praying maybe for a thing we wouldn't consider oh. to be appropriate it doesn't mean god can't still speak to them yeah. through that to bring them to him mm-hmm. mm. so what advice would you give someone who maybe isn't grounded in faith but is praying for god to get them out of a situation or help them in a situation that isn't wholesome. I think in some way. I'll ask them one question. If he doesn't answer this prayer, will you still worship him? But them, yeah. them not being grounded, they're not really worshiping him. In the so first that's, that's 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 why it, it will challenge. It should challenge everything. Mm. It should challenge. If God doesn't answer this prayer, would you still look to him? as the person you're looking to now in terms of him helping you and everything if no then it's like it's, it's an open question for them however they want to make make it out to be they can make it out to but ideally it should challenge their motives mm. and hopefully if they're able to evaluate that they'll be able to kind of recognise I need to seek him that's my um 
that's the mindset behind that question anyways. Okay. I think personally it would be a matter of um like yeah I th- you know you go I think go to God whatever the matter if you if you at least know God is and you go to Him where I can help I'll help where I can pray with you and pray for wisdom as well mm-hmm. as to how to address it I'll 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 do that um, but I think I'd encourage them to keep going to God and to trust God to meet them where they need to be met mm-hmm. um, and that might mean getting them out of that situation so that they can you know if we if we imagine what the timeline could be, yeah, they get out of the situation, they are relieved, they go to God and give him thanks. That could be one, one scenario. Or they don't get out of the situation, whatever happens, happens, but then they realise God still used that to better them or to make them, um, to, to, to build them up in some way, means or form. And they still give glory to God. So I think, yeah, it'll just be a matter of keep on, who else are you going to go to, you know? That's, that's what I think anyway. There's there's no other alternative, mm. regardless. And what do you think about acting out your faith? So if not, if you're asking God to get you out of a situation, should you have, should you act as if you know that He will, will or or should you just keep on doing what you're doing and wait for Him to bring you out of the situation? <clears throat> I think you should act as if you believe that He can. <laughs> But that he might not. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? That your faith stems that you know that it is possible for mm. God to do it. Because if you don't believe that he can do it, then you don't have faith. Mm. But at the same time, you have to be willing to accept that he might not do it. Mm. So, And that, that shouldn't change how you view God just because he didn't do what you mm. asked him to. He's mm. capable of it, but you might just get no in it. Like, Okay, so let's so okay, so let's make it a bit more. Let's give it a scenario. So let's say you're a stripper. Mm. Why? And then you pray to God. Why does it have to be a stripper? Okay, let's say. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> What are you gonna go hook up? <laughs> go deeper. Um, what's the question? Yeah, so let's say you're a stripper and you're saying God bring out bring out of this stripping situation. Mm-hmm. Did you stop stripping and have faith that God will bring something else, which you keep stripping until God brings you out of that situation? Uh, personally, so we're going no, to. No, go ahead. The the verse um, "faith without works" comes to mind, where out of faith you act. So, if I'm praying to God to bring me out of stripping, and again, there's that level of maturity, that level of faith to know that okay, if I'm praying that God should bring me out of stripping, maybe I should go and look for a job. Huh. You know, maybe I should put my CV together. Huh. That's me acting in faith. So it's not necessarily, Ooh. you know, I'm as just, big. I'm just trying to picture what a stripper CV will look like. <laughs> I can That's do not the any splits. Job done. <laughs> <laughs> I can vertical splits. Key qualities. I am flexible. <laughs> I can spin round and round. Um, uh, a fireman's pole. <laughs> um, yeah, so get get your CV together and then go and actually apply for jobs, you know. And by faith, maybe I get a job, maybe I don't get a job. If I really, if my faith is mature enough, then I will. I think you'd actually stop. You'd actually stop tripping. It's like God saying to Abraham, "Go," you know, and he just went, as opposed to um, give me a roadmap first. Let me see everywhere mm-hmm. I go. And even then, you'll see that before Abraham actually just went, he just moved down the road. Literally, when God said go, his first thing was to move down the road, like literally just move away a little bit. And then his father died and then he left completely. And so I think there's still levels of, of growth. And yeah. And plus as well, um, coming off what 
Peter just said, I think if your faith matures to a certain level, there should be conviction mm. when you're doing what you're doing. So even before, even if that other job hasn't really kicked in, you're going to be convicted doing that. You're just going to be like, I can't do this with a clean conscience. Yeah. So I think that will even spur you on to leave. And when you get to that point, I think you won't be too, too picky as to what you get mm. in terms of a job. You just want something to sustain you. Um, but yeah, in terms of what Jamila said as well, the story that came to mind was uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Yeah. Even if God doesn't save us. Even if God doesn't yeah. save us. Like, go into the fire. Yeah. Um, your God is going to save you. It's like, yeah, we'll go into it. Even if he doesn't save us, he's still got it. So cool. I think it's amazing. in regards to the stripper scenario, it is dependent on your measure of faith mm. to the extent that you believe God is a provider. Because if you're asking God, provide me another job, then you may be willing to stay in the same job until another opportunity arrives. Mm. If your faith is if I don't have a job, God will still provide me with food and clothes because he knows what I mm. need. Mm. Then you're more likely to just burn it. Yeah. And then your your total dependency is on God. But I think it takes a lot to get to that stage because a lot mm. of us wouldn't be like, okay, I'm going to quit tomorrow. Yeah. God's got me. Yeah. And we would be people that would say we have faith. But I think your faith isn't faith until it is like tested. tested. Yeah, yeah. It's just a it's a much easier topic to talk about than it yeah, is to really <laughs> yes, when, when when you when you're free like that song I think about some We don't know what <laughs> I'll find a song. I'll edit it in. I won't Because <laughs> it was it Elijah that was fed by ravens. Or Elisha. Elijah. 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 It's like ravens, yeah. being in that position where you're like, yo, like if this raven doesn't come right now, I'm going to starve. Mm. Mm. And then the raven comes. Yeah. Or even the Israelites when manna would manna fall would in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that day-to-day consistent yeah. provision. Yeah. Knowing that, okay, it's breakfast time, I'm hungry, manna. Even, even, more, even more New Testament, Peter stepping out of the boat. Yeah. You know, he can have faith like... Till the till the morning comes, yeah. Oh yeah, I can walk on water. If he didn't step on the boat, that fo- that faith wouldn't. One very yeah. interesting statement that I heard about that yeah, was that he stepped up, he walked a bit, mm. and then saw the waves and stuff, yeah. and then started sinking, yeah. and then he said, "Jesus, help me." Yeah. Now it doesn't say Jesus took a step. He didn't do anything. He just reached out and grabbed him. Mm. So the statement was, how close was he to Jesus before he lost faith? Before he lost faith. No. That's it. Look. That's interesting. That is interesting. Because, literally, how close to Christ was he before he lost faith? But it wouldn't make sense that the close you are to... To, to Christ it would make would. sense but the then the Bible thing... does say be careful those who think they stand that they do not fall because literally he said Christ help me and said immediately he stretched out his hand and yeah. dragged them out yeah. now if you're sinking Christ would have had to at least if he was far away yeah. he'd have to run up had to, or something. Had to, yeah but it didn't say he walked or anything just he just reached out his hand mm-hmm. unless he's Mr. Elastic but he just reached out and grabbed them up it's, it's interesting because um, I don't know if it's Sun Tzu 
some someone I don't know if it's Art of War or Book of Five Rings or something like that, where it's when you're closest to victory, you're most vulnerable to be defeated. Mm. Mm. You know, and and it's it makes sense that closer to God, maybe it's like, oh yeah, I'm cool, and then start looking around like, oh wow, okay, cool, that this this is a storm, and then start sinking. Yeah. Mm. So it's definitely that's interesting. I like that. I like that. Do you guys think you have that day by day faith right now? Pray for it. I'm praying for it daily. It's I'm in a position where I'm having to rely on God because mm. Mrs. on maternity leave. Mm. And when I tell you, it's, it's peak. Like two weeks ago, like before Christmas, I was like, I do not know how I'm going to get to work next week. Because there's no money in the account and I, my travel card runs out on Sunday. So it's a case of, because of £26, I'm potentially going to miss out on £60 a day. So that's about £300. Oh. Because of £26. But, come Saturday, there was money in the account. And it's just been happening consistently where I would think I'd be struggling. I'm like, well, I don't know how we're going to do this. Mm. Ta-da. Come weekend, there's money. So I'm being put into that position where I'm having to rely on him to literally feed us day by day. Mm-hmm. It's it's not easy because as I, it's like I feel the responsibility of my household on my shoulders, but I'm learning to recognize that all of that responsibility is on God. Um, he is our provider he is watching over us he says like he knows that we need food he knows what we need and the bird, birds of the air and the flowers don't toil but he still provides and cares for them how much more us mm. we should seek first him so I'm not I'm not going to say I have that faith because even though he's been doing this consistently I still kind of look at their account and I'm like mm. I have it hey <laughs> my wife has it so yeah it's but it's it's being kind of engraved into me. Mm. What about yourself, bro? Um, I think when it comes to money, money matters. I've got that faith. <laughs> yeah. Like that's good actually. Cause, yeah. Yeah. I've never been a, like a very money conscious person, mm-hmm. so like I can have hundred pounds one day. Two hours later, it could be gone. Ask me what I spent it on. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Me and you wouldn't get along. <laughs> But this year, because the new year, I've said, you know, yeah, I'm going to practice this saving habit. So, yeah. But, yeah, when it comes to money, I always know that God's going to put me through. Mm. He's going to, like, be there for me. But, I don't know, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm like, a bit arrogant mm. in, in thinking that he's going to come through for me. And so, like, I don't, ha- I don't have to work as hard because I know that God will come through for me mm. in the end. Mm. Do you think there's, like, like a line somewhere between having faith that God will provide and being arrogant and, and, and acting in a way because you know God will provide? I think the line, yeah, I think there is a sort of line. Um, but again, it could be asked, as a child, do you take for granted that your dad's going to feed you or your parents are going to feed you? Um... When she's hungry, she just she just cries because mm. she knows that every time she's done that, we fed her. Mm. Every time she's kind of shows signs of hunger, we fed her. So she's kind of become accustomed to that. But I think it's 
I think having yeah, sorry, go finish, yeah. I think it's having gratitude mm. that's the key I think it's always having not becoming complacent mm. and taking it for granted mm. but actually being thankful like rah like God you've you've come through for me mm. you've never failed me or you're faithful that's that's one of his attributes he's a faithful God mm. you've come through for me over and over again and you still are it's, it's easy saying it it's easy saying it but um, I, I just think gratitude is key you can become a bit arrogant, but God humbles the proud. So it, it might be a bit sometimes, sometimes painfully. <laughs> I, I think I think the difference or the difference where I see it at least is um, where, where where the verse um, shall we sin uh, because of grace shall we then sin that it might abound in the sense of like maybe baby is um, you know like I said baby is hungry she cries mm-hmm. baby is trying to walk she falls daddy catches her does that then mean she then climbs the window you know and then tries to fall out the window expecting that dad will catch her um well not even expecting because we are to expect god he wants us to expect um, of him but almost doing it for the reason or or taking for granted that you know dad will catch me so let me do this thing which i very well know Mm. is silly so i think yeah there is that line I think gratitude is a, is a good marker, um, but also I think how much of it is like you yourself in your heart knowing that how much you're just being complacent with this, mm. uh, because I know God will come through, um, and I, I think that's that that's another another way to draw that line. Yeah. Your analogy as well of like climbing up a window and jumping out of it. I saw this Nigerian film. Um, trust me, trust me. It's always the Nigerian. It is, it is. I saw this Nigerian film, yeah. The dad told his son, climb on the shed. Jump, jump down, I'll catch you. Lesson number one. <laughs> son jumped. He just stepped out of the way. He just smacked on the floor. And he said, lesson number one, don't trust anyone in this world, not even me. <laughs> so hard. Uh, <laughs> kid is going to have problems. <laughs> I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that. I think it was it was a TV series. Yeah. Because every week it would come like it would be advertised with mm. that scene or something. So I think it was is it Super Story or something like that? It's a Super Story or something. <laughs> something like, <that. laughs> like yeah, 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 I remember that one. So and yeah, it's obviously some people go to the extremes like that to kind of engrave certain values and stuff, but. Again, I, I normally in when, in Christianity, I, I normally find like a middle ground of two extremes um, is normally the best way forward. So, a middle ground between complacency and gratitude. Mm. So it sounds a bit iffy because you should be in gratitude, yeah. and I'm not trying to diminish that you should be very thankful for everything that happens but at the same time you should be a bit you should be confident mm. in God's provision in your life but I think I think the, the the middle ground and the difference comes in the sense that that confidence in God's provision and that faith mm. causes you to act out yeah so it does where your good works come from faith yeah yeah. As opposed to because good works we are saved, but we are saved thus to do good works. Mm-hmm. So because you're comfortable and you are, you have that faith, you are able to do God's will. Yeah. I'm able to give or I'm able to, you know, pay my tithes or whatever mm-hmm. it is that God's placed in your heart to do. Mm. That That's the difference between just being complacent mm. and then being in that middle ground where 
I'm confident in God yeah. doing it and I'm being gratitude. What would you define as a good work being? Whatever God places on your heart to do, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, I would also add, um, or yeah, clarify in terms of whatever God places in your heart, but not doing it to gain anything from God. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah. do, rather doing it from like, um, again, from a heart of. It's like because of what He's done for us. This is like our active act of worship. Mm. So. As the Bible says, um, due to all that he's done, uh, we should offer ourselves up as living sacrifices. And I think all that God places in our hearts, we should do it unto him as that sort of act of love, act of service. Whether it's sweeping or cleaning or whatever, it should still be done like that. So, what was your point? Um, the, well, good, what, what's a good What's word? a good, yeah. Yeah, anything God places in our heart but done from a heart of appreciation and gratitude towards him. Okay. Here's another scenario, okay? Um, just, just as well, is because, um, just to add a little bit onto that, is the fact that there is a difference between doing what we consider good and doing what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Like, there's good things, and then there's things that God wants you to do. Yeah. And there's a difference between the two. But, yeah. Okay, one, one scenario. Okay, so in the Bible, mm. I think it's one of the Proverbs, mm. it says, man can throw the dice, but God is the one who... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> um, does that mean that it's okay to gamble if you have faith that God will make you win? That was a metaphor to show that, because I think not long after that or somewhere else, he says, man makes his plans, but the purpose of the Lord will be fulfilled. Yeah. Mm. And I see those two as being, in, I see it as those are showing kind of like the sovereignty of God, that we can do what, we can throw the dice thinking that it's landing by chance, but God is in control of where the dice will actually fall. So you can walk down the street thinking it's just by chance not knowing that maybe God has placed you on that path to encounter somebody else mm. if that makes sense yeah. so it's like everything that we do on a day to day that one plants another waters but only God gives the increase so it's like God actually places the purposes of things mm. into motion if that makes sense mm. It's I, I see those more as pointing towards his sovereignty Rather than um, anything else, yeah. The, the verse is Proverbs sixteen thirty three. Okay. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, just just as you said, it's it's more an indication of God's sovereignty than it is a excuse to gamble. But also, I think um, there's there's another aspect to look at it from when you're gambling, like if someone's actually gambling. They are, it, what does that say of the worth of what God has given you? How does that speak of you as a steward of what God's given you, if what, that makes sense? What do you mean? In, in the sense of, if I'm gambling, I'm putting up to chance this um, this amount of money or resources that God has given me, if that makes sense, and I'm just literally betting on something or, or you know, betting on this... Um, Blackjack or whatever it is. So you don't believe in playing the lottery? Exactly. No, I don't. I what, don't. what about um, stocks? 
there's a science to stocks. It's not. It's it is gambling, isn't it? In, yeah. Because I, I was about to but ask there, the same there's thing. There's a science to it. I think. Yeah. But for those who know how to count cards. Yeah. Mm. Then, those, you're, then you're cheating. But <laughs> it's not necessarily cheating but because you're using. Thing, the thing is though, gambling is playing a game. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's it's playing a game mm-hmm. as opposed to um, stocks or something mm-hmm. where. We're investing money, if that makes sense. It's 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 different in the sense of. Is it? It's it's still a gamble. I see I see what what you're saying in that it is still a gamble. But with stocks, I'm looking to invest my money. I'm looking to have my money work for me, if that makes sense. Isn't that what the guys with the talents did? Like essentially go out, not buy stocks, but <laughs> they, they 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 said I went out with five, I came back with ten. Mm-hmm. Right. So God did say to the one shares. who didn't do it. God did say to the one who didn't do anything, you should have put it in the bank. Yeah, where we would gain some interest. Yeah. yeah. Um, if if I'm buying shares and stocks here and there, and I'm looking to invest my money. Um, I see that as investing. I see that as, um, even though, technically it's a gamble because the stocks could go up or down. Mm-hmm. It's an investment. Whereas I don't see that same ethos in betting on whether or not the ball is going to flow on black 16 or red. But isn't investment as well, as in you're paying money in to get more money out? Is it? I see... Okay, just looking at it now, this 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 had, this had is an idea that I literally just um, formulated in my mind as stocks and, like, shares and stuff as being corporate gambling. Where businesses get to gamble with money, but legally. Fair enough. Gambling's not illegal, is it? It's not illegal. It's not illegal, no. It's not illegal. Um, but you know what I mean by that? Where it's above board. Mm. Where it's just like it's seen. It's not really frowned upon. It's kind of encouraged and endorsed, because it is. You are running the risk of yeah. losing this money. You can do your research and see if the company is on the rise, blah, 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 this and that. And again, you can do your research and learn and study the game yeah. that you're, you're willing to gamble on. Oh. If it's blackjack, you can study your game, whatever, this and that. But as Peter said, it, it is a, it, blackjack and stuff is a game that you're trying to make money off. It's not necessarily, I don't, it's not necessarily an investment. It's a quick return. Whilst stocks and shares and stuff is very much for the long term but I still see it as a sort of corporate gambling mm. where it's a bit more it's for the richer folk um, so I, I see it a bit differently because like we're with something like if I'm thinking of like maybe a I've been listening to like um, a podcast called Startup, which is about startup companies. And one thing that they have to do at some point is go and get funding. So they go to these guys that are looking to invest. Mm-hmm. This is our product. This is what we do. Do you want to give us this amount of money looking at next 50 years and how much it will return to you? That's an investment. It's a gamble, but you're investing in this person's product. You're investing in this person's dream mm-hmm. um, and what he's doing. And that could either bring you back millions of whatever you're investing in mm-hmm. or it could go bust and, and you could do that right but then I see I definitely see that as different from even if you're going to count cards or even if you're going to try 
cheat in mm. some way, you're cheating a game. The game's rules want it to be up to chess or the game's rules are stacked against you to lose. Mm-hmm. So I just see that as very different from investing mm-hmm. um, and different in the sense of it's not a good... I don't see it as good stewardship of whatever resources mm-hmm. God has given you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Um, I just had to throw in that curveball due to it just coming into my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is a case of even like Dragon's Den. Yeah. Even The Apprentice. It's along the same way. If you see yeah. someone's idea, you see someone's business plan, yeah. and then you invest your money for a percentage of whatever they're doing. Um, but again, in the... I guess with that, I'm kind of challenging the mindset of the person giving them money, basically. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's, it's a case of, what are you really investing? Are you investing in... Are you genuinely investing in the business, yeah. or are you investing in the possibility of you getting more money? Yeah. If that, um, but yeah, that's totally different. It's a yeah. totally different train of thought. Um, I don't know if that answers the question or addresses the scenario. What do you sufficiently, Mister Throwing out every question? <laughs> what do I think? Um, I think gambling is bad if if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> if you know what you're doing, I don't think gambling is bad. Because so it's something like playing the lottery. Okay. How yeah. how how do you know what you're doing in playing? Yeah, the no, lottery is bad mm. because that is like hundred percent chance. Mm. There's like there's, there's like no way you can influence the outcome mm. of what's gonna happen. Mm. But something like blackjack or poker, mm. through doing your research, learning how to bluff, and and all, and all of that, mm. you can increase your chances of winning. Mm. So, so even though it's 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 still gambling, mm. there's not as high a chance of you losing money. Because mm. I think people only see gambling as bad because of the losses you make, which ends up most of the time being more than the winnings. Mm. Yeah, for most people. Um, and and also the fact that it's so addictive mm-hmm. because Paul says, you know, all things are permissible, but I will not be put under the power of anything. And I think that's in direct reference to things that are addictive. Do you not think investment is, investing is addictive? Anything, I think anything can become addictive. Yeah. Give or take. So when you feel like you're addicted to something, you should just stop it? Not necessarily. I, I would say, yeah, I say, yeah. The reason, that, <laughs> the, the, reason, the reason I say not necessarily is, again, I'll say it um, requires wisdom. You should kind of go back to God and be like, God, I feel like this is becoming an addiction. Should I stop? Should I reduce time? Should I put barriers in place? How should I deal with it? Yeah. Some so For some things, just straight stop. Yeah. Um, if you need to put blocks to make sure you don't go there. But other things are genuinely good. Okay, I think before you continue, I think we should like define what we mean by addiction. Something that you can't do without. Yeah. Uh, someone's uh, defined it as something that you will continue doing even when you see it destroying you. Hmm. Okay, so what, okay, what do you think the difference between an addiction and, a, and an obsession Obsessions. is? Because people people's say they're obsessed with something people see that as a, I'm a good thing at times. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the difference between an addiction and an obsession is? I, I would just go the simpler route of saying both of them, um, if they play something before God in your life, 
then Ugh. they're bad. Obsession, addiction, same thing. Because I think one, uh, I don't know what the dictionary definition, uh, dif- dictionary difference would be, but in either case, it's a matter of these things hold so much of your attention or hold so much of your passion um, that they can potentially become more important to you than God. So for the Christians at least, um, anything that can become more important to you than God is something, is, is an, it could be an addiction or something like that. That's where I see it anyway. I, I, for me, I see a difference between being passionate about something, mm-hmm. very diligent about something, um, but then still being in a place where you can do that to God's glory. Yeah. And then being addicted to something, or being obsessed with something, where God isn't really what you're thinking about in what, that moment. What about if you're obsessed with bringing God glory? Yeah, uh, no, nah, I, I can still see an issue with that. Because is your obsession your ability to bring him glory mm. or his ability to glorify himself through you? Because mm. mm. then you can literally get people that are willing to lie for God. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are more passionate about preaching about God than knowing him. Than actually knowing him. Sure. Praying for people than actually spending time with God. Being known for doing things for God than rather knowing God. Mm. So, yeah, but at the same time, one thing that I will say is that in, in our generation now, words have kind of lost their power mm. and their meaning. Mm. So some some person might say, oh, I'm obsessed with Oreos mm. or I'm obsessed with this TV program. Mm. But just mean I, I really like watching it. And not necessarily means that... Because when I, I was thinking about it, whenever I hear obsession, I think something that consumes your mind mentally in mm. terms of what you're thinking about mm. so if I'm obsessed with Oreos I'm constantly thinking about Oreos <laughs> the only reason I say Oreos my wife made a banging Oreo cheesecake banging <laughs> if I'm obsessed with um, Naruto I'm consistently thinking about it or reading up on it it's like it's always in my mind an addiction I see it more as physically taking something in mm. So I'm addicted to orange juice. <laughs> my body can't really function without me taking it in. I'm addicted to drugs. I, I, my body won't function without taking it in. Yeah. So I see addiction as being more physical yeah. in terms of there's a physical dependency on that, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. But an obsession is more consuming your mind. So you're actually thinking about that. So it might be a case of you're both obsessed and addicted to drugs. Mm. where you're constantly thinking about it and your body's shutting down when it doesn't have that yeah, substance yeah. in you. Yeah. So that that would be the difference that I kind of see. But both is still bad to you. Both both is still... Depend... You can be obsessed with God. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll kind of challenge that. I'll be like, does your obsession drive you to him or drive you to read about him? Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because mm. we can be obsessed reading things about God that it be- makes us too busy actually spending time with it. I-, I could argue that, you know, theologians, especially those that don't even believe in God, are obsessed with yeah. him. And so they study him. They're really. obsessed with theology yeah. rather than God himself. Yeah. Well, that's a good example of that, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. Mm. I, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Only if you have a contrasting opinion. Um, you know, addictions are bad. <laughs> Obsessions. I think... 
think it depends what your obsession drives you to do to what, mm. de- to what define whether it's a good obsession or a bad obsession because you could be obsessed with God like you said and that will lead you to be more giving be more loving towards your fellow man because of how much you love God mm-hmm. do you think you can love God so much that it, I don't know do you think you can love God so much that it becomes an obsession like can you love so much that it, it turns from love to an obsession I, th- I think it's that. I think that's going into the semantics again where the word has kind of lost its power mm-hmm. because to in, in the sense of it being something that con- consistently consumes your thoughts um being in a place where you are always thinking about God, being in a place where you're always concentrating on God, wanting to study Him, wanting to know Him, loving Him. We could call it obsessed, but if that means that you are doing what God wants you to do and you're able to live out your life in such a means or of such a fashion that glorifies Him because you're always thinking about Him and you're always listening to Him and you're always praying. Yeah. It's a, yeah, we call it obsession, but I don't think that's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll add as well um, First John tells us that we love him because he first loved us yeah. so if the only way that our love for God can grow is if we meditate and we take in and we just dwell on his love for us so if we dwell on his love for us I think his love in us which will motivate our love for him um, first one again tells us we can't rightly say we love God if we don't love our brothers around us mm-hmm. so it will lead us to do these things mm-hmm. but doing these things are not in and of themselves evidence that we do love God mm-hmm. because people do these things who are atheists yeah. people do these things who are Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists whatever mm-hmm. and um, also Romans tells us anything done not in faith is sin mm-hmm. so if we kind of deviate a bit, if, if, if it becomes an obsession not founded on God's love, but rather founded on some sense that we're trying to achieve, that yes, I love God this much, it's no longer done in faith because our faith is in the finished work of Christ, which tells us that we receive it by grace. So there's nothing that we can do mm. to merit it or anything like that. And grace our faith hinges on grace. It's like without the grace of God, there is no salvation because Christ himself was given in grace. He didn't deserve it. Didn't it? So, it's, um, so yeah, I'll say again, I'll kind of give that challenge in terms of is all you're doing being done out of faith? Is it rooted in what Christ has done for us. Mm. Is that the catalyst? Is that the motivation for what you're doing? If not, then I wouldn't say the Bible says that anything not done in faith is sin. Mm. So even your good works. I've heard a preacher, pre- uh, yeah, a preacher preaching that we need to repent from our good works. All the works that we do that are good, that isn't rooted in faith. Because we we can kind of get carried away in these good works and think, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm doing good works, I'm cool. Mm. But it isn't necessarily rooted in faith. Um, so yeah, um, I'll just say that. Mm. So I'll kind of give that sort of. How can I even say it? That not air of warning, but something to just observe. Mm. 
what's what's the motivation for all of your good works? Mm. Um, yeah. Do you think, like you know, we're we're in the social media era mm-hmm. where you do something good and you go post about it, mm. and then this is worth saying that. Um, and your right hand gives to another your left hand. Yeah. yeah, and like, and then um, if when you get praise from man, mm. then that is your. That's reward. That's, yeah, that's your reward. So, 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 so you feel like posting stuff about what you've done cancels out your reward from God. I, I think when it when it speaks of that, like if you receive praise from men, then that is your reward. I think that's if I can't remember the the verse or the words used. But the the context or the feeling I get was that if you're looking for man's praise, mm-hmm. then that is your reward. Mm-hmm. That's all you're going to get. Yeah, because um, he, he was speaking about the Pharisees when he yes, said um, yeah. they wear these they wear these long they stand on the corners of streets praying mm-hmm. because they want people to hear them. They yeah. put all they tie up everything because they want yeah. people to see them. So everything that they're doing yes, was for. for people yeah. people to recognize them and since that's what they're doing it for that's all they're going to get yeah so yeah again i'll just challenge why you're putting it up there if yeah. you're generally putting it up there to inspire other people to do the same mm-hmm. i mean like all right cool but if you're yeah. doing it there to be like yeah you know what i just did this clap mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a race man just Literally. just come off come off instagram and that is the culture today yeah that, that is what we what we go on facebook and see yeah. is Everything in one way or the other is so that we focus on you. Mm. So people's Instagrams are full of pictures on themselves. Selfies. You know, you know that's not that's that's unfair because yeah, the people taking selfies and whatnot. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but like, you see people j- wanting to draw attention to mm. themselves mm-hmm. and wanting the attention, so wanting the likes because to them it translates into people liking them. You know. So, so what do you think about these Christians who are? Are like, what's the word? You know when 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 they've got like a page for mm. themselves, mm. and they're like, hiding these posts and stuff. Yeah. I think I think it, it's it's just as as um, said, just as the Pharisees, uh, use not saying they used to, not saying these people are doing what the Pharisees did, but when the focus is, I want to post this, and deep in your heart you know it's so that you appear holy, mm. or you know that it's so you appear more godly or more Christian. Um, then there's a problem, and that problem is, is 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 to be dealt with you and between you and God, because you're not looking to you're not looking to give God praise. You're not really looking to help people. You're looking to draw attention to yourself, just as the Pharisees did. You know, they wanted to draw attention yeah. to themselves. So that verse we're talking about was Matthew six one. So, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front mm. of others to Absolutely. be seen by yeah. them. If yeah. you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. Mm. Yeah. And that's very key, practicing it in front of others to be yeah. to, to be seen by them. Yeah. That's yeah. the motivation. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, it skipped my mind. I think definitely, if you're looking for people's praise, if you're looking for people's attention, that's the order of what you're going to get. Mm. But what about but praise and attention are not necessarily the same thing in the sense of that is what you want mm. so it's literally like I'm going to write this post about God because I want people to think I'm holy or because I want to see the likes and see someone say oh Peter you're so amazing God bless you <laughs> like literally if that's what I want to see if that's my focus that's the problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's me practicing my righteousness to be seen by them but then if it's literally oh wow 
I've gone through this and God's put this on my heart. So I've been in this situation and I feel God's spoken to me in this way. And it doesn't have to be exactly like that. You don't have to always say that God has spoken to you or whatever. That's just uh, the way I'm saying it. But if it's literally, I want this to help someone. And I feel like Facebook is a good platform for me to do so because I'm in contact with so so however many people and I'm putting it there, hoping it helps someone. I don't, even if the likes are nice or whatever, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking to be a blessing to someone. I'm looking to do what I believe God said I should do regarding that post. Okay, well, what if initially that wasn't your thing about getting the likes, Mm. but but then you see the likes? But then you get a bit gassed about them. I think you should answer this because you've dealt with it. <laughs> um, that I think with with the social media craze and buzz, we're all going to face that at some point or another. Um, I have taken drastic measures to the points of coming off Instagram because yeah. I realised that I was posting up pictures, sitting there looking at my phone waiting for the likes. <laughs> 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 literally, literally, yeah. Until the likes convert to numbers, yeah. I'm not satisfied. Because if you have under 11 likes on Instagram, you see the names. As soon as it gets to 11, you see 11 <laughs> likes. I'm like, yes. I don't even know the number of transitions. Literally, literally. So sometimes I'll even be tempted to just like it myself, <laughs> just to get that 11. I've never liked your own post. Don't, don't become one of those people. It's, it's, not, it's not the way forward. I know a couple of people like that and I feel like customers. But God, God is my strength. But yeah, it's I've come off Instagram based on that. Um, for, for me, just, just in addition, I, mm. one thing that I found myself doing was if I put up a post, I'll keep on clicking my phone to see if anyone's liked or mm-hmm. if anyone's gone to. And God, you know, the Holy Spirit being so kind, convicted me of that and so mm-hmm. you're beginning to focus too much on the yeah. likes mm-hmm. you know and for me I prayed about it and I was like God I don't want this to become my focus I don't want to be sidetracked by mm-hmm. wanting the likes or wanting the posts and literally just leaving it to God and letting him and he helps me he helps me so I don't do that um, anymore or if I catch myself doing it I'm able to just switch off and yeah. like, you know it's not about the life WordPress can be one hell of a drug <laughs> I, had to, I had to come off WordPress because mm. I used to update posts and then go to the stats That's I'll tweet page. it out stats page and it, it becomes it becomes depressing it if, does if, if if when you start to focus on stuff like that and you're not getting the likes or you're not getting the looks and you see your bars I'm not going up it's not it's just flatline. And that's the thing as well. Um, I've said it in one of the previous podcasts that I compare myself to other people a lot. And it starts off innocent in terms of I want to learn from them. Or I want to see what they're doing and kind of trying to mimic it. But when I think, all right, cool, like I'm starting to do some decent work. And I'm like, wait, hold on. This this guy's still, his pictures are whack. Mm. Why is he on 21 lakhs? And I'm I'm still struggling to convert mine into numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yo, what's, what's going on? So, like, I was a part of photography pages that held daily mm. contests. I would search, I'd be like, yeah, this picture is bound to get me something. I'll go on Visco, slap the effects on it. I'll be like, yes, boom. Blood. Like, administrators are commenting, oh, this is a nice picture. I'm like, get in, nice. And then they pick another person's picture over me. I'm like, what? <laughs> what you see? 
just, just gave up. But um, so because of that, I compare myself to other people a lot, um, and I kind of envy what they have. So because even because of that, on one of my Facebook accounts, I don't follow anyone. I'm just like, I, not that I don't want to see your picture. I'll search for people and look at their pictures, but I just don't want your pictures constantly in my timeline where I'm constantly being... It's easy for me to just kind of slip back into it. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's I've taken kind of, like, practical steps in doing that. And I'm currently in a position where I don't want to be known. I kind of want to go into hibernation and just work on my craft, kind of do it, believing that if God wants me to use it in some capacity, he's going to open the doors for me to do it without necessarily relying on other people so much, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and plus what I want to do anyways, I want to be invisible sort of thing. Um, so that's, 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 that's been for me. Exactly what Peter said, I prayed about it. I was just like, God, I don't want to continue doing this. I don't want to continue looking at other people's pictures and feeling envious because they're getting the likes that I want. Um, but it's very easy to do that. I first started off with Instagram simply due to the sheer love of taking the pictures and stuff. But when I started to hang around different circles and pick up different tricks, I wanted to see, I wanted other people to validate Mm. my work so I started looking for the likes because mm. every like is another person validating my work and I started looking and it's if my work is satisfactory to me that's that's it mm. um, so yeah it's very, as I said it's very easy do you think it's worse to be upset from not getting the likes do you want or being gas clear getting bare likes I think both are equally destructive mm mm-hmm. Because yeah. both comes from the position, for me anyways, both would come from the position of wanting to be validated by other people. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, simple as. So what would you advise, what would your advice be to people who are in the same position as you of, like always checking their phone to see how many likes they have on this, that or the other, how many retweets? And shares and stuff like that. What would, you, what would your advice to them be? My advice would be to just evaluate where they get their validation from. If, well, if if you're Christian, I'll be like, do you get your validation from who God says you are? Because one thing that I'm learning currently, and I'm, which is also spurring on what I'm trying to do is that every single one of us is valuable not because of what we do or what we can get from each other but from the sheer fact that we're made in the image of God so because you are you're valuable if you were the only person on earth as C.S. Lewis said Christ will still come and die for you. Mm. So you're still valuable, whether or not you do anything. So you doing photography doesn't add to your value and it doesn't take away from your value. With or without photography, you're still valuable. With or without poetry, you're still valuable. With or without that nine to five job, you're still valuable. Now it's, 
are you content in that knowledge or are you still going to seek validation based on things that you do mm. so how does one go about finding that validation in God it's I don't even know how I did it but I'll just say it's literally meditating on the word of God and praying to come to that understanding that before God you are valuable like I think the source the source of wisdom is, is God, you know, mm. if anyone lacks wisdom you should ask. And I think uh, just just as, as Mo um was mentioned, you know, he doesn't even know how he did it. I thinking about it now, I don't know how I came to that place where I can say, Okay, yeah, I found my validation in God or even if I can say that now, fully knowing mm. in every aspect of my life that is true. But I think for for each and every single one of us, the the opportunity is that God wants to interact with you on a personal level, mm-hmm. and I think if we understand that or try to understand that or work towards praying to understand mm-hmm. that, um, He brings us to that point of mm-hmm. of recognizing our value in Him and and recognizing that it's who He has made us to be that that is mm-hmm. that is most important. Now. That should be the the, the underlying um, base of our, of our existence. Sometimes I just like to just take time, just look at my hand, <laughs> and just like look at it. And I just think that God created this hand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and He created it in such a way that I can do everything that I do, yeah. like just like picking up a cup, yeah. or being able to write, or like being able to play the piano. Yeah. He's taking the time to create me yeah. to be me. Yeah. Like he knows how many hairs are on my head. Mm-hmm. He knows more about myself than I will know about. He knows more about me than I will ever know about mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, regardless of what I do, he still came to die for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whenever ever I'm feeling down, I just yeah. like to read the first three chapters of Hosea mm-hmm. and that whole story about how his wife was just. Hosea was serious though, bro. I aspire to be like Hosea. <laughs> I, I aspire to pray that that doesn't happen. Hosea <laughs> <laughs> was blessed, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. For those who don't know, Hosea, God told him to marry an adulterous woman. Huh. He did. Fight. No questions asked. She was going around, sleeping around with this guy, the other one. Someone said um, that. If the Bible, C.S. Lewis yeah. said that if the Bible was poetry, it was it's bad poetry, because some of the no he said if theology is mere poetry, mm. it's bad poetry, because some of the stories in there are don't give you that satisfaction. If it was a if it was a Nigerian movie, if it was that <laughs> you know God saying to us I go and marry a prostitute, and then him going to do it that would be the big that would be the big climax. When he marries a prostitute, she will change. Yeah. God will change it. Yeah. She'll be good. Was still, uh, still sleeping around. That would be so much pain. You walk in on your wife, just the next man. Yeah. Fam! But yeah, in terms of what you were saying about looking at your hand, um, I think there's a psalm where David says, like, um, he's just medit- he's kind of pondering on God creating him. I've heard of it, but I haven't actually read it. Mm. Um, he was meditating that that God made him and he is beautiful. 
Um, so even that, I've tried to do that myself, but it just didn't work for me. I just couldn't look at myself and be like, oh, God made you, you're very beautiful. I couldn't do it. <laughs> but um, mine comes more from a perspective of me. Not physically me, but internally everything about me. I know mm. that physically God made me the way that I am, and I'm content in that. It's internally everything that goes on internally for me, the way my mind works, the way I look at things. These perspectives and these things God has kind of shaped and molded. It's, it's, it was, it's a case of I used to, I didn't used to jam with any Ghanaian people. Mm. I think it might have been a means for me to escape what I thought was wrong with me. Because when I first came here, I was kind of big, I had an accent, this and that. And I wanted to be something other than what I was. Mm. So I didn't really hang around with any Ghanaians to kind of be that something different. But knowing that, God purposed for me to be born in Ghana, be raised, have that kind of culture and stuff, brought me here. And everything that he's exposed me to, the perspective that I have, my sins and everything, has brought me to this place now that I know him on this level that I know him. Mm. If anything had happened differently, I wouldn't know him as I know him now. Mm -hmm. I would know him slightly differently. So this relationship that I have with him, he has used everything in my life to kind of lead me towards it. Mm -hmm. And knowing everything that I've kind of gone through, he still loves me. And he purposed all of these things to kind of happen. Mm -hmm. So kind of seeing purpose in that and just knowing that it's not necessarily a coincidence or anything like that um, and that for me is, is a sobering thought I think for me it's um, it, it's more realising um, that God wants to be around mm. like he wants to be involved in every aspect of my life and, and be be um, actively around so uh, and, and seeing that in, in even the Old Testament that mm. you know if you look at how God interacted with Adam and Eve, how he interacted with the Israelites when they were on their way um, out of Egypt and, and during their desert wanderings, looked at how he interacted with Elijah. It was a matter of, I'm not just this God that sits up somewhere watching down on you, but I'm a God that wants to walk with you. You know, the Bible says he would walk in the cool of the evening. He'd come and he'd walk with Adam. Mm. You know, when the Israelites were in the desert, he was with them. He too lived in a tent that would be moved with their mm. When they finally got into land and they had buildings, then he had a building. You know, and you look at even when the when they would do something stupid and the and Bible says the Shekinah glory left the temple. The way it left, it would leave. Like it would go up a little bit and then they'll stay there for a little while and then it go to the top of the temple and they'll stay there as well then it's like it was reluctant to leave mm. and God's always been and, and the way I've come to realise is he's always wanted to be there more than he's wanted to leave mm. and so realising that and realising that I am someone that has caught the attention of the creator of this universe before I was born he had mm. known me and he'd called me by name so that that to me gives me that uh, the understanding that yeah, I'm valuable in his eyes, you know, and that, and that gives me that. It's continually giving me that that validation that I find in him. Yeah. Seems like we totally run off tangent from what we actually meant to do, but before we round up, 
I'm not yeah. sure if we were going to round up. We should be. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I was going to miss my treat. <laughs> I wanted to ask, um, we were going to do ref- uh, reflections on uh-huh. 2015. I want to ask, coming into 2016, what do you want to come, what do you want to, not resolution, mm. but what do you want your focus to be? Whether faith-wise or whatever. Mm. Um, for me, I think it's about having a more intimate relationship with God, mm. and not spending like my deepest and longest times with Him whenever something bad's happening or, mm. or like when I need something from Him. Mm. Even when everything is calm and cool, mm. I'm still giving Him the same attention I give to Him mm. when like I need something from Him. Mm. Mm. I think for me the the the, the focus this year is it's also a way of it's productivity. I feel like the past twenty six years of my life, God's been like just putting stuff in me and mm-hmm. putting ideas, um, experiences, bringing me up this way, and I feel like now is the time to start um, letting some of those things go yeah. and and putting those things out there. So stuff like the podcasts and and the blogs and even karate and like all of these things I feel like this year God's God's moving me to actually do stuff mm. and, and put it out there and affect people and and um, uh, preach his word without standing on the corner of the streets claiming die 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 repeat <laughs> yeah. not Someone, that that's bad if you do that God bless you someone walks by and you slap him in the face of a new testament <laughs> Walking around burning people. Uh, you feel that? That could be. That that is just this flame. Hell, will <laughs> be so much more. <laughs> Repent. What about yourself, man? Um, I started to just understand that I could be myself in 2015. So I think this year I kind of just want to. Focus on love, faith, hope. But I just want to be myself, strip away all expectations and everything from other people and from myself. Just be myself and allow my relationship with God to just develop without the expectations of other people. So just be myself. And build a relationship with God just being myself. So seeing him work through just me doing me. Um, yeah, that's that's the aim. So, yeah, love is hope, be myself. Well, I think we should round up. Um, so we finally have a Twitter page. Done, though. Done. Yes. It's not got the Twitter page, but we've got a Twitter page. <laughs> the handle is at the Furnace UK. Cause the black, yeah, the blacksmith's furnace wouldn't fit, so we had to find a way to shorten it down. I thought it's because the furnace was gonna get like international, <laughs> claiming the UK. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. When we get a bit further out, then hey. the UK will go. And we've got our email address as well. It's tbsfurnace at hotmail dot com. See if you want to drop us an email. Feel free to, you know, if you want to send me some fan letters, fan oh, emails, yeah. oh, feel free yeah. to, you know. All I know is, yeah, Jesus is our spam checker. Yeah. <laughs> so don't be sending us no no messages that we, we can't watch. 
You can't open in a crowded place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, shout out to um, Partners in Rhyme. They're where we get the intro and the outro music from. Um, their website is www.partnersinrhyme.com. Right. I think that's the end for tonight. That's it. This has been Blacksmith's Furnace. Bro, bro, bro. So signing out. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. I mean, bye.